What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and this is going to be another um, presentation-styled episode. So for all my listeners, I highly recommend you watch this episode because we're going to get through a lot of different videos and kind of breaking stuff down. But if you prefer um, listening to me ramble about training and fitness stuff, then I'll try to be as descriptive as possible. Um, What we're going to get into today is the kettlebell swing. And the reason why is because no matter how much I bring up or talk about or demonstrate the importance of doing a properly executed swing, um, I still see people just doing terrible, terrible, terrible swings where I want to pour like battery acid in my eyes. It's a little aggressive, but, uh, that's, that's how I feel. Um, I have done two episodes on the benefits of, um, kettlebell training, um, which I might, uh, put together, uh, later on into one giant episode. So I might even combine this with that one. I don't know yet, or I'm going to do a separate one, but, um, I'm excited today because I've done, um, even some videos on, no proper deadlifting and things like that. But today we're actually going to break down like the, you know, start of how to kettlebell swing to the end. And I'll show you my entire progression of what I do with clients, because I think a lot of times when people want to do swings or they just assume like, okay, I'm going to start swinging. But the issue with that is that, you know, you might not have the prerequisites or the movement um, kind of kinesthetic awareness in order to do so. And, you know, yes, my show is geared towards weight loss, but this is the stuff that other people don't think about because kettlebell swings, like are probably one of the best exercises to, um, create like a metabolic disturbance. So your body can burn calories, you know, build muscle and burn fat, that whole, uh, shindig. And even for myself, the moment I, you know, change my training to kettlebells only, I get stronger and leaner really, really quick. Whereas if I put an emphasis on deadlifting heavy and only focus on deadlifts, I don't really get, um, as lean, right. There is something to train with kettlebells that allows you to burn more calories. And in my other videos, I do explain that, you know, the kettlebell becomes part of your body becomes, um, part of your limbs. Like if you're holding onto a kettlebell, now you made your lever length longer, meaning the longer lever length, the more energy it takes to control it. So an example that I give to clients all the time is like, if I hold a dumbbell here in a goblet position, you know, I do squats, not too bad, but the moment I take that weight and start pushing in front of me, it's like, Oh, I need to stabilize more. I need to hold on to it more. Holy shit. It's really hard. And if I have my arms out straight, then I'm like, fuck, this is really challenging. So now imagine taking a uh, object like a kettlebell and utilizing it where it elongates your lever for every single exercise. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of, you know, energy that our body has to produce and utilize. 
And if you do that for all your workouts, like it's not, a, it's not like rocket science to figure that is going to give you your most bang for your buck type of um, workout for fat loss and strength. So let's uh, screen share and hopefully every time I do this, I always have like no idea how to do it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I need to put this down. So just like last time, I'm going to make myself a little bit bigger. I'm also going to, there we go. Okay. So when it comes to um, kettlebell swings, where do you even start? So the first thing, because I'm going to assume that everyone listening that is not doing swings right now, that moves pretty well has probably skipped all these steps and just started swinging. And you may be at a position where if I asked you, do you know what the difference between a hinge and a squat? You'd probably be able to answer as, you know, a squat is like when you like you squat. And then if I asked you what a hip hinge was, they, you would probably be like something to do with my hips. So already I know that your swing is probably not going to be the greatest. And I actually have a post going out tomorrow uh, about deadlifting. If you should be deadlifting off the floor. And one of the questions is like, do you know the difference between a hip hinge and a squat? And most likely people can't give me an educated answer on it. And it's something that we need to understand. So one of the biggest mistakes is people squatting while swinging. Swinging um, is a complete hip hinge movement. And actually what I want to see if I can do is show you some really, really, oh, look at that. And you can see that I was researching um, the benefits of elevated deadlifts. And funny enough, there is no article out there about elevated deadlifts. All about It's all about deficit um deadlifts but um bad kettlebell swing form there you go um i might not be able to find oh maybe this guy maybe we'll start with this but i'm gonna mute this So there is something called an American swing where you go overhead, which I also don't like. So if you look at how the bell swings, so let's maybe, we're going to go all over the place here. If you look at the American swing compared to the traditional um, hard style swing. So in the kettlebell world, Um, There's a guy named Pavel who is from Russia that brought kettlebell training into America that made it very popular. So the Russian styled swing literally will just go to maybe shoulder height or maybe a little bit lower. Whereas CrossFit created this thing called the American swing. The reason why I don't like it is as you can see, as the bell is up top, As it comes down, 
you are now fighting gravity to drive it back. So a lot of times with an inexperienced person that may not have the best kinesthetic awareness, the best body movement or mechanics or some sort of mobility restriction, they're going to end up utilizing the lower back. Let's see if I can, I don't even know why this guy's turning his head now too. So see, like he has to actually now at this point, slow down whatever bell this is. So imagine if you're using like a 24 kilo, that's 53 pounds that you have to slow down on the way down. Yeah, still slowing it down. At this point, he should be already pushing his hips back. Now he kind of is. Now he's putting it down. I love how this is supposed to be uh, a tutorial on how to do an American swing. I always find too, when I watch videos of like CrossFit coaches and we're going to like watch this a little bit, but you can also see he doesn't even have that great overhead mobility too, which is another thing that um, you need in order to do the stupid exercise. Who would have thought that this episode was going to be just us tearing apart the freaking American swing, but I kind of like it. Come on, get to the... So look at how he actually swings his um, hips. It's kind of like a swoop with his knees. Okay, anyway. I was trying to look for uh, uh, a squat swing. Because that was the original thing that. Ooh, I wonder if this is going to uh, be it. I feel like we're watching like a live stream. Okay, this is also a terrible swing. And I'll just tell you why. There's like absolutely no power in that swing, but now she's doing some sort of. Okay, this is going to be a lot harder than. Actually, funny enough, look at that. Pavel on um, Joe Rogan. So I actually had this saved in my uh, to-dos to watch, but Pavel is like this popular that he got invited to Joe Rogan's show to talk about kettlebell training. So kind of side note if you're interested in kettlebell training at all 100% go and watch this uh, episode okay you know what I'm not going to be able to find this for you guys but um, here. we're going to have to shift gears here and guys I thought I would be more prepared. Here we go. All right. So the biggest thing is people squat when they swing. If you squat when you swing, you won't be able to generate enough force to um, propel the kettlebell forward. If you squat, if you think about how the squat is designed, you're going down and back up. And then you have to take this bell in front of you and drive it through your hips and drive it forward. So it takes more time for you to drive up into hip extension 
to propel the kettlebell forward. Whereas if you hinge back with your hips, then you have more um, like a faster rate of force pushing the kettlebell forward. So every single person that I train, um, we learn how to hip hinge first. So something as simple as this guy here, a hip hinge. And there's so many different ways of doing a hinge where in this case, this is an old video. I mean, look how terrible the quality is where I'm utilizing the dowel to push um, into my glutes to engage my lats because lat tension is going to be huge when I am swinging. And the bench that are right, that's right behind my calves is giving me kind of feedback if I am doing a true hinge. Because if I say push back and I lose contact with the bench here, um, I'm into a squat. So now this is a great teaching tool for me to, or for my client to learn how to properly hinge. Sometimes this doesn't work. And what I've done recently is is a band resistant hinge wherever it is. One moment. Here we go. Okay, enough with the pop-ups. So this one I really like using. So I'll use a band, wrap it around a dowel, and now I have tension. So I have to keep tension in my lats. So when I grip the kettlebell, I'm trying to engage my lats to keep that stiffness. So I am now um, teaching my body how to create tension. I'm teaching my body how to break the dowel, which I'm going to utilize on the kettlebell and I'm learning how to hinge. So how we do this, I literally get people to slide the dowel down as they push their hips back to kind of re, um, re, uh, enforce that pattern that we're going to utilize with the kettlebell. This is kind of like the first four weeks of training is learning how to hinge, not how to squat, just hinge, 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 hinge and creating tension. So the other way that I will teach someone how to create tension for the swing is something called RKC plank. So RKC is an abbreviation for Russian kettlebell certification. And in this video, it'll look like a standard front plank, but there's gonna be a few things that you'll notice is when I am engaging into this front plank, I'm actually driving my elbows to my toes and I'm pulling my toes into my elbows. So that's gonna create in my kind of torso midsection, uh, like a high amount of tension. So when I do that, I also will reset because holding tension like that constantly, you're gonna like blow a blood vessel or can get a hernia or something. So as I do this, all I'm doing is Elbows to toes, toes to elbows, and breathing out with a, they call it like a fire breath, like a hiss, like a tss, 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 tss. So if you, even if you do that right now, just a tss, tss, 
think of any kind of MMA or martial artist, every time they throw a punch or a kick, they have that hissing sound to create tension and you know, produce the movement. So kettlebell training is exactly the same thing. You, you know, breathe in through your nose and then you hiss out the movement. So here I'm teaching someone how to utilize that breath. So as I come up and reset, you can see my mouth going through the breaths and then I reset every single time creating tension. You can even see how my elbows just drove in there. All right. So constantly these two things, the RKC front plank and the um, band resisted uh, deadlift is kind of like that four week phase one into uh, kettlebell swings. From there, we've kind of built a foundation. Now we can move on to something a little bit more um, advanced where we're going to do a kettlebell deadlift. If I can find, here we go. So putting the two things that we just learned is our tension and hip hinge. So as I get into my deadlift position and um, squeezing the handle to create that lat tension that we were learning with the band, I am utilizing my RKC breath where I'm taking a big belly breath in and then exhaling hard at the top and squeezing my glutes at the top as well. So that would be one of the exercises in the next phase is one getting um, familiar with, you know, a kettlebell handle because, you know, sometimes people are just used to utilizing dumbbells. And this is the first time they've ever, you know, really played around with a kettlebell. So I'm going to um, introduce the bell this way. We're squeezing tight. We're having fun. You know, we're moving forward. The other thing too, um, might take a second to find what I'm looking for. I have a lot of kettlebell videos. This is another reason why you guys should um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Is like if you're looking for a library of, um, actually, here we go. Episode 381 and 377 are my two episodes on kettlebell training if you want anything specific on the benefits of it. So, looking for a specific video where we set up for, here we go, kettlebell snapbacks. So this will now kind of implement the um, position for learning how to swing. So we'll start off. So a lot of people, and this is another mistake, is a lot of people don't set up properly. They kind of just pick up the bell and they start swinging. And they kind of just like put the kettlebell in between their legs and they start like thrusting towards the, in front of them. And that's how they get started. But that doesn't make sense to me. Like in order to make the swing, um, you know, make sense to kind of start off with it a little bit in front of you, because the moment you drive it back for one rep, it already has, you know, the potential energy. So if you 
think of like um, an object in motion, it's that much easier to move because most people, when they swing incorrectly and they just pick it up from a standing position, they start moving. It's kind of awkward in the beginning. So use like literally physics to make things easier for yourself. So in this case, we're going to start the kettlebell in front of us. And this is called like the three point position. And the first movement is snapping back the kettlebell to there and then back there and back there and back. And I'm still utilizing my hinge um, position and also utilizing my lat tension, my RKC breath. It's all coming into play here. And this becomes a quite challenging exercise if you do it right. And little throwback to when I had my long hair. And also, I don't even have my full sleeve here. Yeah. Anyway, so this is kind of phase two into getting swings um, into play. So now we've created um, our foundation. Now we're kind of getting closer to how a swing should go. So we've already addressed two major mistakes that a lot of people do is they squat and swing and they start their swing standing and they do a weird like hip thrusting thing before the bell actually starts swaying. Now, the next thing that I like to implement from there is something called the power swing. And we're gonna look it up here where we essentially do one, um, one perfect swing every single time. So, and then we set it down. So same tripod position, swing, and then back down. Drive back, swing, and back down. A couple of things that I wanna note here, and I wanna try to find the angle. Right there. So step one, we're in that tripod or three-point position. I drive it back. And also here's another thing that I absolutely hate when people swing. Look at my head. My eyes are facing down towards the floor. A lot of times people crank their neck up. Here's the thing with our spine. Our neck is kind of, I like to use the analogy kind of like the driver of the rest of our spine. So if our neck cranks up into extension, our lumbar spine likes to copy it. So a lot of times when people feel um, their low backs and swings, it's most likely because they're literally looking up into extension with their neck while they're in this down position. And then the bar back, low back is arched. And if you're swinging incorrectly, you're like stopping the momentum and you have a extended uh, lumbar spine and that's not going to feel really good. So head is always neutral with the rest of their spine, just like deadlifting. If you're one of those people that are deadlifting with the neck up, then we have more issues to, <laughs> to unravel. But as we come up, uh, this angle is not the greatest. Hopefully we got a better view. There we go. So the other thing here too, if you look at my mouth, I'm hissing out a lot of people tend to forget to breathe properly. So if we start from the very beginning, 
we got a good hinge. We got tension building. Head is neutral. And the snap is the big thing. A lot of times people, when they get to the top of their swing, they actually don't squeeze their glutes hard enough to drive their hips forward. Sometimes they leave their hips back and they don't fully extend. So if you want to generate force, that force has to come from somewhere, which is your glutes. Just like when you deadlift, it all comes from your glutes. Just like if you're sprinting, it all comes from your glutes. If you don't utilize proper hip extension, then things like overactive hamstrings and low back pain come into play. You never see, you know, the fastest people on earth or the strongest people on the deadlift with small glutes. They're like huge. They're gigantic because they know how to generate a lot of force. So kettlebell training does the same thing. It teaches your glutes how to generate a lot of force. A lot of people get low back pain because they don't have the prerequisites in order to do this. And they need to develop, you know, basic lumbopelvic stability with, um, utilizing their glutes in say, um, a general glute bridge. So when I teach the kettlebell swing, I literally tell people you want to squeeze your ass as hard as fucking possible to generate enough force for this bell to go up. The other thing that most people don't get is the height of the kettlebell. Like this is almost like probably the same level as like my rib cage that like the beginning of my rib cage, almost to where like my belly button is. The kettlebell does not have to be up here. Because a lot of times people will make another mistake where they think a kettlebell swing has some sort of front raise into it. No. The only reason why this bell is here is because of my glutes driving forward as hard as possible. So another kind of cue I give to people is as you extend your hips and you squeeze your glutes, you also want to think of pulling your kneecaps to the ceiling. So now you have the backside of your hip like joints um, finish the movement and then the musculature in front of your hip is coming together and it creates that isometric contraction, that, you know, solid base in order for you to properly swing this kettlebell. Now, the height that I have here is all again, generated through my hips. And the other thing too, is if you can actually see, I have a slight bend in my elbows, which is a huge thing your elbows don't need to be locked out when you're doing a kettlebell swing. Why? When you start getting heavier weights, the last thing you want to do is have both of your elbows locked out, holding onto this weight, because when you get to that end position and then the weight starts coming down, all that tension is going to start going into your elbows and people are going to start having, you know, tendinopathies on their elbows, which is the last thing you want. Right. So always have a slight bend in your elbows. And the other thing too, is like kettlebell training is about efficiency, right? So if I want to try to get, you know, 30 swings in 45 seconds, if I have a longer lever and keep it there, it's going to take that much longer to go down and that much longer to get back up. If I have a shorter lever, now I can bring that kettlebell between my legs faster coming back up. Now, after I have all of those things put together, we're going to look at just a basic kettlebell swing. 
and I want to show you guys. My setup, tension. So if you look at my hips, look at that snap. That's what most people really need to focus on is that hip snap. Let's watch that again. And you can also look at my mouth. That was a terrible still shot of mine, <laughs> but I'm breathing out hard. And again, this is another example. Like my other video, I would say that that one's kind of embarrassing of how high the bell went and the lower, the better, like it's efficiency, right? So good bend in the elbows, good height. And now I can bring it back through my hips faster so I can get more swings in, right? It's all about work capacity. Now, that is kind of the entire, you know, I would say step-by-step -step approach to, um, to my kind of method behind kettlebell swings. Now I'm going to stop that. Perfect. Um, there's always little things that you need to add in. Everyone's going to be different, but if you kind of look back of everything that we just did, we learned how to hinge. We learned the difference between a squat and a hinge. We learned about tension. We learned about breath. And then we learned about the start position and implementing all the stuff that we learned in that start position. Then we took the time to slow down the swing to do one perfect rep every single time. And then we challenged it where we do continuous reps, right? It's kind of like any any other skill, like it takes some time to put everything together. So say we had to troubleshoot, say we had some problems when we got to the power swing and you're not extending your hips forward, or you're not getting that snap. Like I mentioned, you know, hammering things like barbell hip thrusts, a ton of glute bridges, um, anything glute related that will teach the extension, like heavy deadlifts, like anything like that is going to help quite a bit. Um, it can also be something as simple as like moving your feet a little bit wider, almost going into like a sumo stance could help. Maybe you have some sort of anatomy that is preventing you from getting into a traditional kind of kettlebell swing stance. And all you have to do is, you know, go a little bit wider and voila, like your kettlebell swings looks great. But the biggest thing is that you need to be able to practice it over and over and over again. And that's why I have these kind of stages so that by the time we get to a full swing, you know, the prerequisites of learning how to hinge are already there in kind of like glued into your brain that you know that when I grab this kettlebell, I'm hinging and I'm not going to squat and do something weird. Right. And it's also about speed too. A lot of times people will do kettlebell swings slow, which makes no sense. It's a power exercise. You want it to be explosive. And the other mistake that most people do is they pick up a kettlebell way too light. I see this, especially with women. It's like they want to do kettlebell swings in their class and they go pick up an eight kilo. Like that's not going to do anything for you. If I gave you a 16 kilo, which is 35 pounds, what's your initial reaction? Oh shit, this is heavy. I need to brace. I need to squeeze it tight. I got to make sure I don't you know, fuck myself over. So now you're already 
so much further ahead than picking up an eight kilo where you're probably going to put it down. Like you don't care about it. And that's what's going to actually injure your low back because it's going to can buckle because you're going to go into uh, flexion and load that pattern. So all these little things matter. And I think a lot of people kind of discredit kettlebell swings. They think it's like a, as easy as picking up a dumbbell and doing bicep curls. Like, no, it's a skill-based exercise that takes a lot of practice before you actually get the benefit. But when you actually take the time to learn how to do it, man, do you see results come a lot quicker than just doing a squat to front raise with an eight kilo kettlebell. Um, so I'm going to end it there because I feel like I can probably talk forever on kettlebell training and I'll end up rambling for like three hours, but, um, thank you for listening or watching. Um, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, do that right now. Um, and even at the end of the video, we'll say subscribe. So hundred percent do that. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out, um, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, hit the show notes of this episode to watch it. If you're listening and share, 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 share this podcast with your friends and family until next time. You guys, you guys are amazing.